time in which we live. My goodness, it's an interesting time for humanity. It's an interesting time for God's church. And it's an interesting time for you and us as individuals. Good morning. Um, the church has been doing a, a series a little bit on parables. And some of the men in the church, well, Pastor Scott's been away, have been asked to do some, uh, some of the speaking as well. So this morning is my turn. And I'd like to look at a parable uh, in Matthew chapter 25, the ten virgins or the ten bridesmaids. So if you'll turn to Matthew chapter 25 with me, we'll read through it together, and then I'll pray, and then we'll get started on what God has to say to us during this very unique time in human history. So let's read, or let's pray first, and then we'll read in a, in a minute, okay? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we ask so sincerely that you would be with us here in, in several ways. Meet us, Lord, where our needs are. Calm our fears, Lord, and show us the truth. We long to know the truth in this world, where we're going. And I pray that you would be with us here and show us through your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's read Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read through it, and then we'll go back and we'll go through it in a little more detail. And I just know that we're not going to get through this whole thing this morning, but we'll, we'll get to where we can anyways. Matthew 25, starting at verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five of them are wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the bridesmaids woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough oil for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The bridesmaids who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, Jesus says, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So let's go back and, and go over this kind of a little bit at a time and see if we can't learn a lesson as to what Jesus is saying through this parable. Before we do that, we have to, in order to understand the uh, time in which this was, we have to go back and do a little bit of reading in, verse, in chapters 24. Now, you don't have to follow along here because I'm just going to read several verses that will help us understand the environment in which Matthew chapter 25 was written. Matthew 24, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him and said, When will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end 
of the age. Jesus says, you will hear of... I'm going to just, again, uh, move through this whole chapter very quickly. Jesus says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. At that time, many will turn away from me. Many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. False prophets and false Christs will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I have told you ahead of time. Skipping down further. No one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour that your Lord will come. It is in that context that Jesus begins but with these words, at that time, in, in, in chapter 25. At that particular time. So what I believe Jesus is saying here is just prior to the second coming of Christ. Just prior to the second coming of the Son of Man. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be light. Now let's stop there. Let's put aside the, 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 the ten bridesmaids for a minute and let's look at what that says. The kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? And I have to say, uh, after reading some commentaries and that sort of thing, that the kingdom of heaven is that which God has ordained for his true church. That which God has ordained for the bride of Christ, the kingdom of heaven. So at that time, that which God has ordained for his church, which is you and me, will be like these ten virgins, these ten bridesmaids, who have these lamps. And what happens? We're just going to leave what Jesus says for a minute about the oil, remember it was the oil that they brought with them that made them either wise or foolish. We're going to leave that for just a second and we're going to look at these bridesmaids for a minute and, and what the bridesmaids stand for. That is the church. That is, again, you and me. 
So what Jesus is saying here is at that time, that which, ha- which God has ordained for his church will be like 10 bridesmaids who fall asleep and wake up in the darkness. The first word I want to look at this morning, even though it's not in this passage, is darkness. What is darkness? Because Jesus is suggesting here that there is a good chance that before he returns, the world is going to be in darkness. His church will have fallen asleep to some degree and are about to wake up and be presented with spiritual darkness. Darkness in Scripture represents many, many things. You remember in Genesis chapter 1, of course, there was darkness on the face of the earth. That represented disorder and confusion. In Jeremiah, while studying this, I I read a verse, Jeremiah 13, 16, that uh, had darkness represent gloom and despair. In In the New Testament, and in many times throughout Scripture, darkness represents the opposite of light, which is sin and and evil. What I believe Jesus is saying here, he says, watch, be ready, because towards the end, before I come, darkness will begin to creep into the world in a way unlike any of us have ever seen before. And while I set a a rather gloomy picture here, I believe this is what's going to happen. But, and however, the second word I want to look at is light. Because all of these young girls, while waiting for the bridegroom, had their lamps with them. The only difference between them was one group The wise group, as Jesus said, had oil to keep this light burning. The foolish group did not. Well, again, we'll look at those in just a minute. But let's look for a minute at light. Because while we walk into our houses at night and go click, and light is instantaneous, back in the day of Jesus' time, there was no light switch to to flick. You had to have your lamp with you. You carried it with you wherever you went. And that is what produced the light. Who is the light of the world? Jesus. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus absolutely states that he is the light of the world. The light is that which will light our way in the time of darkness. Just like the lamp for these girls did. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Of the world. So while we have, in a spiritual way, while we have Jesus in our lives, or if we have Jesus in our lives, or because we have Jesus in our lives, no matter how dark it gets, we have the light of Christ in our lives, making an obvious pathway for us in a time of darkness and gloom. This is what Scripture says. So now let's get to these young girls, these uh, bridesmaids. 
Jesus says that 10 of them are foolish because they don't take extra oil with them. Jesus says 10 are wise because they have thought this through. Now let's look at these two groups of girls. I want to, while preparing for this message, I want to just look at them from from the, the, the perspective of two social groups. And this reminds me of two groups of youths because they are young girls. Two groups of youths who are growing up and learning about life, the important things of life, the priorities in life. So five of them, the first five wise girls. Now this could be between one or five of them. But somebody in here, maybe it's one, maybe it's all five, think to themselves, you know what? It could get dark as we wait for this bridegroom to come. It might get dark. So I know we've all got our lamps with us. We have to carry them with us because this is what you did back in the day if it was going to get dark. You took your lamps with you. But five of them, either between one and five, thought it's a good idea if we take extra oil. And the reason I say between one and five is because think about humanity. Think about us as human beings when we get into a social group. Sometimes there's one leader in that group that says, this is what we need to do, and and the others follow along. It doesn't really matter if there was one or all five. Somehow that social group stuck together and decided it's wise that we take extra oil. Let's do it. The foolish group, for whatever reason, while they had their lamps with them, decided that, eh, I'm not going to bother. Let's not bother. Maybe one of them talked the rest into it. We don't need to take extra oil. I don't know. We're not told. It's just fun or beneficial sometimes to speculate a little bit of what happened in those two social groups. Regardless of what happened in those two social groups, Jesus says five were foolish and five were wise. The wise took extra oil. So the first word I wanted to look at this morning was darkness. The second word was light. The third word is oil. We'll spend a little bit of extra time on this. Oil. What is the oil here? What is the oil that Jesus is referring to? The oil is that which will keep the lamp burning during a time of darkness. The oil is that which will keep the lamp burning during the time of darkness, if they wake up in this time of darkness. That's what the parable says, or, or refers to. Now let's look at our lives from a spiritual point of view. The oil is that which will keep the light of Christ burning in our lives for two reasons. Number one, so we can see our path clearly when the darkness comes. The second reason is so that others can see the light of Christ in us and God willing follow because we know where the truth is. So what is the oil that will help keep the light of Christ burning in our lives during the coming darkness. 
I want to suggest strongly three things. Just about every week that somebody gets up here to pray that one of these three, if not all three of these things, gets mentioned. But they are must-haves. Jesus says, get the oil and, and, and bring extra. The first ingredient, just like a fire. I'll mention a fire first. Remember, they had fire uh, before in the, in the days of, of Jesus for light. There's three parts to a fire. The, the old fire triangle. That's not a good triangle there. <laughs> okay. A fire requires oxygen, it requires a heat source, and it requires fuel. So just like a fire requires three things, this oil requires three ingredients to keep the light of Christ burning in our life. The first is prayer. Jamie mentioned this two weeks ago a little bit as well. I want to go over it again. The last time that I spoke in this church probably a year and a half ago, something like that, I spoke on prayer from Mark chapter 6. In two minutes, I'm going to do that whole sermon again in two minutes. You remember the, the, the story of, of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And after that, directly after that, that same day after they were cleaned up, Jesus said to, the, to his disciples, get into this boat, go to the other side of the lake. I will meet you there. So the disciples get in the boat, and they go start fighting these waves. They were wrestling against the waves as they tried to cross this lake, if you'll remember. And then in the wee hours of the morning, after it had gotten dark, Jesus made his way walking on the water. You remember the story. And Scripture specifically says in one of the accounts of that, that Jesus was about to pass them by. But what happened? is Peter and the disciples saw him. They cried out to him, Jesus, uh, um, they, uh, Peter made himself vulnerable. He gets out of the boat. He starts to walk to Jesus on the water, begins to sink, cries out, Jesus, save me. Jesus reaches out, grabs him, and they both get into the boat. And Jesus carries on with the disciples, with that that he has asked them to do. Remember, he was about to pass them by. But the disciples said, no. Peter got out, got Jesus, brought Jesus into their circumstances. This is what prayer is. Prayer is daily, many times throughout the day, inviting Jesus into your circumstances. Every single day. The reason I mention this is because since, personally, since I have preached that message, honestly, I don't think there's been a day go by where I haven't been reminded of that. I look at myself as me and my little teacup bouncing around in the ocean. You know what I mean? Trying to get somewhere, paddling away. Lord, come into this situation with me and help me. Daily, every day we must. This will help keep the light of Christ burning in our lives for two reasons. Number one, so we can see our way in the coming darkness. Number two, so others can follow us and see the light of Christ in us. The second ingredient in the oil that will keep the light of Christ burning is the Holy Spirit. 
Without a doubt, Jesus says, he is the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He said that. I want to show you a contrasting verse. Not a contradicting verse, but a contrasting verse. In John chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus says this, Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is not a contradicting verse because we all know and believe solidly that Jesus is the light of the world. What he is saying is that when he ascends to heaven, he will send the comforter and the light of the world will now be in all of us who have the Holy Spirit in our lives. The reason I mentioned prayer first is because one of the things that we need to do every day is we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will be in us to allow the light of Christ to be seen in us by the whole world, that Christ-likeness will be in us. This is the second ingredient in the oil that will keep the light of Christ burning in our lives, the Holy Spirit. And we want that for two reasons. Number one is so that we can see our way with the light in the coming darkness. Number two, so that others can see Christ and his light burning in us. The third ingredient in the oil are the scriptures. Bible, the absolute ultimate place for where truth is. This is the truth. This is that which gives us life. You'll remember Jesus in John chapter 17 while he is praying for his disciples. Not only is he praying for his disciples, but all those who would believe because of their testimony. That is all the generations down throughout history who would believe. Jesus prays for them and says, Father, sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. Scripture is the truth. Recently, uh, my wife and I were watching a documentary called The Social Dilemma. Um, in that, there was a man named Tristan Harris. Tristan Harris is one of the fellows that was working in Google to, to bring and, and enhance Google. Rolling Stone magazine refers to Tristan Harris as one of the 25 people shaping the world. And what he's talking about on social media, he, is, he, is developed, or he was there in the beginning during the development of social media. And he is saying that the truth is not the priority Sales is basically the priority. And artificial intelligence will do everything it can to get you to believe whatever you want to believe as long as we can sell you something. Kristen Harris in this documentary says this. If we don't agree on what is true or that there is such a thing as truth, we're toast. This is the problem beneath other problems. If we can't agree on what's true, then we cannot navigate out of any of our problems. 
Now, I'm not saying anything against social media at this point. I am saying that truth does not lie in social media. Truth lies in Scripture. We need to interpret social media through Scripture and not the other way around. What the world and artificial intelligence would love is if we interpreted Scripture through what social media says about it. Avoid it. Run from it. Spend our time with our faces buried in Scripture. So a question to all of us. How much time do we spend in Scripture in comparison to how much time do we spend on social media? We can all answer that question, how, however is true for us. But it is Scripture that is the third ingredient in this oil that will without a doubt keep the light of Christ burning in our lives for two reasons. Number one, so that we can see our way through the darkness. And number two, so that others can see Christ's light. So to summarize, at that time, the time before Christ returns again, that which God has ordained for the church will be like ten young girls waking up Five of them are wise, and they have brought extra oil so that they can see their way in the dark. The oil in our lives spiritually is prayer. Don't sleep on this. Prayer, inviting God daily into our circumstances. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, displaying Christ-likeness so that we can see and so others can see. And sticking to the scriptures, deciding that scripture will be the foundation of truth in our lives. About 18 years ago, something like that, when my children were uh, older teenagers, I think probably 19 and 18, I went to visit my sister in Tofino. Uh, she lives there. She has a bed and breakfast. And the year before that, my daughter went there to work at the bed and breakfast. So my daughter knew Tofino quite well. She could kind of walk anywhere around there. So anyway, we went to visit them, and we got their greetings and all that. Hi, hi. Paige said to me, Dad, can I go take Adam and we'll go walk around a little bit? Sure, no problem. You guys are older teenagers, not a problem. My sister said, ooh, it's a little dark here. And <laughs> I kind of rolled my eyes. Oh, brother. You know, it doesn't get that dark here. But this is Tofino. Anyway, so the kids went out, and they went, kind of went for their walk. And my sister said, can they just be back before dark? So I said, okay, you guys be back before dark. So um, away they went, and then we socialized for a little bit. And it started to get dark and dark and dark. And then I looked out. I could see it out the window getting darker and darker, and they weren't back. And all of a sudden, you know, it was dark out. It wasn't a big deal. There's streetlights out there. And my sister said, I'm worried. And I thought, oh, her, her kids were a little younger. Eh? They were just about 10 and 9 or something like that. So I could see how the mother would be worried about that. But my kids were teenagers. And anyway, so it was decided that my brother-in-law and I would go out and just kind of walk the neighborhood. You guys... I got outside, and we got by the street lamps. And I'm telling you, I couldn't do this and see anything. We walked down to the, to the beach, 
and I could hear these waves crashing on the beach. I'm looking, squinting for some sign of a white cap anywhere. Nothing. Pitch, pitch black. I'm going to cut the story there. Long story short, they were back by the time we got back. Okay? But what I want to point out is darkness is a lost, lonely. Jesus suggests in this passage that this is what is coming for his church. We need to, through prayer, the Holy Spirit, and Scripture, make sure that we have enough supply daily that we are doing this, that when the darkness comes, the light of Christ shines strongly, firmly in our lives. Father, we pray this morning as a church, congregation, as individual people, pray that you would come and involve yourself, Lord. We, we, we wish this, we pray this upon ourselves, Lord, that you would come and involve yourself in our circumstances as a church, and as individuals. And we ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would be upon our lives, that, that Christ would shine in us because of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, that you would help us through the power of the Holy Spirit to understand Scripture, that which you have told us and made readily available for us. So God, would you take these things here, and that, that you would help us to remember to do these things every single day. We pray this, Lord, for your glory.